everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode 501. This is a kind of rerun of the aborted one from last week where uh, I know many of you thought that perhaps I hadn't been paying my bills, but the ISP in the area just failed for about three hours, three minutes into the show. What are the chances of that? So we're going to have a rerun of those topics because there were a lot of topics last week. Uh, we've actually got some more guests this week. So uh, we'll say hello to everybody first and then uh, and then we'll uh, move on. I suppose uh, what I should do also say is uh, thank you very much to our sponsors. Uh, Isotope, you'll be able to win a copy of Isotope RX6 a little bit later on and uh, stay tuned there. And also uh, I want to say thank you very much to our chatties we've got the people in the chat room there so i can bring you in and also all of you folks watching by youtube uh, we are actually a podcast to do with music technology and all of those things so if that's the sort of thing that floats your boat subscribe to our channel uh, and you'll get a whole bunch of other stuff besides we do reviews i've got the new roland seo2 preview video coming up and we've got a whole bunch of new things as well so let's just go to uh gaz williams who's over there in uh Bristol, a professional bass player, music technologist, producer, mastering engineer, all of those things. How are you doing, Gaz? Very good. And at the risk of being banned off the show forevermore, I just got to say those down. There we go. Anyway, um, your mic said. is rubbing very heavily on something on ah, your person when you vigorously move beard. around like down. that. So. Yeah. Down with Nazis. I'm sorry, yeah. it has to be said, but down with there, Nazis. There we go. I, I think said that's fair said. enough. Okay, right, and yeah, we've also I got uh, yeah. <laughs> Div Kid Ben Wilson, uh, who's there in his modular cave where he uh, puts lots of videos up on YouTube. If you go at Div Kid or the Div Kid uh, video is his YouTube channel. Uh, nice to have you back, Ben. How are you? Yeah, very good. Um, uh, yeah, down with the Nazis, as um, Gas said. Um, yeah, all good. Um Sim videos. Uh, we've got the Modular Meets Leeds event this weekend, so that's occupying most of my time. Um, oh yeah, go on, give it a plug then. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't intending that. I wasn't trying to shoehorn in. Um, Leeds uh, free this weekend. We've got Chris Carter of Throbbing Gristle playing uh, Scanner VCO ADSR. Lots of modular music, which may seem weird. Two things that maybe don't always coincide. Um, manufacturers, user me. Um, just search modular meets leads if anyone's interested. Um, yeah, and I, I can, yeah. I can, I can concur. It's a great event. We went uh, last year and it was brilliant. We can't make it this weekend, but yeah, nice one, Ben. Uh, and also we have, uh, oops, there we go. Uh, ah, Mr. <laughs> Ty Unwin. Sorry, it's a new button on my controller. Mr. Ty Unwin is media composer in his synth cave uh, where he's producing outrageous amounts of uh, music cues on a daily basis and many other things besides. How on earth are you, Ty? It feels like a long time. Well, it's only been, it's only been a few weeks, although it feels a long time for me because I've, uh, I've literally had one hour of sleep. And <laughs> wow. I, did, I did an all-nighter and I kind of finished uh, just, just before two. And so I've had one hour of sleep and then woken up and... Um, and also, I feel I feel that I have to concur with everyone else and absolutely huge time down with the Nazis. And I just had to say that because otherwise, I'd hate to think that everyone else said it and I was here and didn't in every single possible bone of my body completely concur. You've idiots. Anyway, carry on. Let's. This is the music show. So let's, let's do some that. shows. Right. Yay. Okay, right. Uh, so let's get on to it. We've got a lot of stuff this week because last week, uh, obviously. Uh, Roland announced, uh, it was 808 day, wasn't it? 8th of the 8th. And they basically announced a whole bunch of stuff. So let's start with, Roland start with this guy. Ooh, TR-808. I got the right hat on today for this. 
this, this little TR8 sounds 808. really good. I'm very impressed. It's even more futuristic than my original 808. It's so instantly recognizable, yet every time you turn it on, you can do something completely different with it. I think it's incredible because it's compact and at the same time, it still has that analog sound. Right, I won't play the whole thing. That's the first of these uh, items to come up. This is the new uh, TR-08, which is different to the TR-8, which is an 808 and a 909 and other drum machine models, ACB, Roland, uh, and they've done it. And the, I must admit, the form factor and the interface really does seem to make sense in this boutique style. I don't know if any of you have experienced the 808 love. Uh, maybe I'll start with you, uh, DivKid. I mean, 808s, you know, they are a bit like the Holy Grail. If you see someone who's got one, you think it's like a status symbol almost, isn't it? Because, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily take it out on the road or anything, but just having one is sort of pretty cool, right? Yeah, I, I nearly bought one recently and thought, why am I going to shell out kind of £3,000 towards an 808? Um, I built, I mean, as ridiculous as this Tower of Modular is, you know, I like smaller cases that do certain things, and I've got a drum machine that I feel covers, well, 808 and way more. Whether I want to make the sounds or just quickly fire up a sound. The interesting thing with this is there was a comparison video between the 808 and the new TR-8. And they're slightly different, but for those that have heard a few 808s, and I think I've only ever heard four, three, possibly four in person, and not next to each other, but they all seem to leave me with a different kind of flavour in my mind each time. A bit like having a hand-built instrument or a hand-hammered cymbal. There's always going to be some variance um, that I think just comes from tolerances of the old, original ones. Um, I've heard one that I didn't like, to be honest, just at the time. And maybe that was a where I was at sound-wise, but um, I've not liked them. I've liked them. I've nearly bought one. Uh, originals, this is. Um, I think the new one looks great, other than just being a little bit tiny for my big hands. Ah, uh, well, there is that. That's the boutique effect, admittedly. Uh, so, yes, you are going to get that kind of thing going on. I'm going to come to you now, Ty. Uh, have you got an 808? No. But you've no, got a lot of the boutiques, though, haven't you? Yeah, I've got most of the boutiques. And, um, you know, I mean, the thing is with the boutiques, you kind of, it's the same thing every time. You know, I make the same comments every time, which is, I mean, yeah, they are too small. I mean, if you could say it's too small, they are too small, especially as, you know, as Kid said, fat fingers. And, um, but they sound great. You know, that's that's the bottom line. And, I mean, I've got a TR-8, uh as well so i'm kind of sorted but i'm still just tempted from a form factor because although i'm going it's too small um at the same time there's something it's, it's just, there's something very endearing about it isn't it there? is yeah I, do, I think that, i think it looks actually really cute it, that there's something about it that really does I, yeah i agree and i think i think this is kind of the the it's kind of the issue and the selling point if that makes sense because these are aimed as, as well as, you know, kind of new, new people, new people, young people. God, listen to me. Are you, sorry, I'm going to apologise now <laughs> because I've had no sleep. I'm going to talk. It's all right. Them. That's fine. You yeah. carry but, on. But the, the, you know, for, for younger up and coming producers and musicians, they're great because they mean you get, you get, fair enough, you could say it's old technology, but you get classics in a small box for n- not not cheap but you know not a lot of money compared to as we're saying the originals um but at the same time there has to be a demographic 
of my kind of age who wanted all these things. We all wanted Jupiter 8s and, you know, 106s and, and all this kind of thing. And now we can get them all in these little boxes. And, and you've seen the photo that they use for the advertising where they're all just in this little pattern, all the old boutiques in this pattern. And I define anyone to look at them and just go, go oh, do you know what? I just love to have the whole collection because <laughs> yeah. they just from a just from a want point of view, there's something human nature taking something big and making it mini. There's something in human nature that finds that very appealing. This is why you have mini dogs and you know kind of mini cars and think people like to have things small, even though a lot of the time it's less practical than the big version. There's something very appealing about them. And yeah, I mean, I think I don't need this this 08 at all i mean i have so many drum machines and i swore i'd never buy any more but um it's very sweet and and it looks it looks right and sounds sounds wonderful you know yes i think that's a fair point i mean uh, and i guess it comes down to you know as we say they don't all sound the same i know uh, gaz you are uh, somewhat mm. known for mini miniature uh, handy sized instruments is this something that's appealing <laughs> to you this kind of whole notion of you know having an 808 in some form um yes and kind of you know i and i know ty's got one as well we've you know bought these vermona drms which i think are amazing i'm so in a way that's done it for me for drums i just love it so from needing something i'm not needing it because i've got something there that i find is joyful although it doesn't exactly do the same things it sort of ticks the boxes for me but so so in terms of actually wanting one i don't really want one but i do com concur with ty there is that sort of oh, nice thing what i would say is i wonder if um roland have sort of like they've kind of got themselves stuck with the boutique really haven't they, they the boutique range that size of things they've kind of um uh you know they've they've kind of locked themselves into that format a little bit now and they've got the accessories, the extra keyboard, and the other one that just allows it to go on a on a rake dangle. Um, so it's a little bit of a shame, isn't it? I think that they would undermine their other product line if they brought if yeah. they were to bring ones out a little bit bigger. However, I think unlike say the SEO two, which I know that you've got particular issue with with the size of it, I think this one doesn't actually need to be bigger actually i think the actual amount of controls for the um the 808 are relatively small yeah I mean, <clears throat> it looks like it's kind of a nicely matched uh output yeah yeah i mean you know and the thing with the 808 is that and i was surprised when i first played with the real one just how little variation in the sounds there actually are there's only small only a few parameters that you can adjust and even then the range of those parameters are all within quite sensible kind of areas um so it's certainly not a sound designer tool is it you know like say i'm talking about the the, the vimona for instance you can really get very creative with the sound design aspect and really build your own uh kits up on that whereas with the 808 you know there's little bits that you can do you know with like obviously the well, decay it, and the, the tuning yeah, I mean it's it, it, it. Well, everything has a has a place, I suppose, in the eight hundred eight sound. Yeah, but, you know, you've got the bibble bobble toms, yeah. you've got the big doof yeah. kick, and you've got. But they're very specific, yeah. and I suppose you know you yes. wouldn't necessarily use it as your just an eight hundred eight kit, perhaps. But I'm surprised 
like I was with the 303 and the 909 that they put out, why they haven't actually called them 909 and 808 and 303. You know, instead we've got this confusing naming. They, they did it with the, the yeah, the, with the 303, didn't they? When they brought out that, they already the TB, had the TR. The TB3, the TR3, TB03. Yeah, it's like the TR8 and the TR08. It's just and, a little, yeah, I know. You know, and like the 808, 909, 303, those are completely catchy I don't understand why they didn't use those t- titles. You know, they've they've gone for this accuracy. You know, this they're really trying to make a big deal on how accurate it sounds and how it looks the same. So why didn't they use maybe just their call biggest it the asset there? <laughs> just call it that. It's stupid, I think. That's a fair point. I mean, going back to the size of it, this we, me and Ben were t- discussing this prior to the show. I think there's an issue with fader sizes, say, for instance. So, for instance, they've got these, uh, I think they're 30mm faders, the next size up we thought was 80 mil, which would mean that, say, the JP08, you couldn't fit that. You'd have to make the boutique form factor bigger. So, you know, and then the next one up is too big. So there's, there's a sort of design aesthetic and the availability of parts as well, I think, is probably an issue for the boutique. But I, I do think they sort of have painted themselves into a corner by going that small yeah. because... I think it works really nicely for the drum machines, but I don't think it works so well for the synths, personally. So, uh, speaking of synths, obviously, we've also got this one as well. So, <laughs> they've been on a roll. The SH-01A, which in this video sounds beefy as hell. This is another AC. The SH-01A boutique recreates Roland's highly coveted SH-101 synthesizer. The SH-101 was a single oscillator powerhouse known for its flexibility, portability, and simplicity. I won't play the whole thing, but lots of people swear by the 101. I mean, you know, the 101 style sequencer for programming lines live. I mean, in fact, I, I saw Vile Electrodes play at uh, Cincy, and Martin is programming sequences into the three into the 101, which he's using live, which presumably he'll want to replace with perhaps the, this, although he'll need a keyboard with it as well, uh, and then just having those running for the next song. So, I mean, I don't know whether that's a, a kind of... Uh, I think, but it's a, again, it's a, another iconic instrument, you know, that is being reimagined for the boutique range. I don't know what. Uh, I know, Ty. I'll come to you. Have you got a one hundred and one? I've had three over the years. It's it's one of those since where I, I had one and then sold it and then thought I couldn't live without it, so bought another one. And I did that three times. And um, <laughs> at the moment, I don't have a one. I have an I have an MC two hundred and two, which is essentially almost. Uh, the same sound engine and they're tiny faders they are very tiny faders so so the, <laughs> hey this one looks huge to me i'm looking at this one going wow they've i don't like this giant size size factor they're going with with this um so so yeah so i have a 202 but i mean 101 is one of those instruments i have to, from my point of view i have to admit i kind of rose tinted spectacles i always remember it being fantastic and amazing and just you know i, I convinced myself i got loads of fantastic sounds out of it and then when I buy one again and play with it, I just go, oh, it's, yeah, it's not quite as great as I remember it. But um, but maybe that's me and maybe that's the kind of music I write. But again, this is, you know, this is great. These things go in my gig bag. These are uh, my travel bag. These things are great just because they're small. And, you know, I think the, the only beef I have with this is that it's kind of a, a, a good beef and not a good beef. I'm a, I've got a system eight, as you know, and um so I've got the one, the 101 emulation already in in that, which is monophonic, and I'm oh, yeah, hoping, this will do four voices, won't it? Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping that there may be an update for the um, the plug out for the system eight to to make it four voices as well, because I feel slightly uh, slightly peeved, really. But it's cheated. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, this this I'll 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 get one of these to go with the the um, 202, but 
yeah, I, again, I don't know. I don't. But you're right about the form factor of the boutique. They have made uh, they've made a rod for their own back, really. And I'm sure that there's some people in there just going. Uh, I think we might have made it a bit too small, guys, but we can't suddenly just can't suddenly move away from that form factor. Yeah, but, um, I, I like the idea of having like a wall of boutiques. I mean, you know, when you go to trade shows, they've got those uh, displays where they've sort of got every boss pedal ever made, and it's really completely. Impressive. And then you know the same thing with the boutique. I just, it, there is definitely a kind of collect a collectible uh, aspect to it, but I mean, also I was wondering because I had a phone call from a chap called Stephen this morning who phoned uh, phoned up and he was sort of wondering about whether Korg would make some, you know, some of their since available as virtu- uh, as VSTs, you know, which was uh, the Poly eight hundred and you know other sets. And I'm just wondering, you know, at what point does it stop being the cream off the top of the product range and you start mining into these and trying to convince people that these were classic synths and should be reimagined well, in boutique well, for. I'd probably say uh, at a Poly 800, to be fair, that I'd probably say that was kind of the point where I just stop. <laughs> what an awful synth! I've never, I've never seen the Poly 800 look. Never seen it. So that is the point where we stop. Okay, yeah. that's fair enough. I know Ben. Have you got any? Uh, are you th- are you thinking? I hope they make a boutique. Um, the the one one. Just what I was thinking. It's got this kind of plasticky beef to it if that makes any sense it, it kind of does sound weighty but i think it was function over sound for me i had one for a little while um and ended up getting rid of the original um i accept its iconic state in in electronic music history and things but i think the sho9 and the sh2 sound much better to my yeah. ears um, sho9 I mean, is a monster, monster bass machine isn't it yeah, I mean, the O9 is super simple. The, the SHO2 adds a second oscillator in that's tunable rather than just a stub. Um, much more musical to my ears, but really simple. There's nothing, there's no sequencing, no arpeggiating. Um, you've got CV gate on the back, CV gate out on the keyboard, and that's it. But it just does those, when you just want a single oscillator, that just does all the old Roland that I'd kind of want. I know what you mean about the range of boutiques, though. I almost want a kind of canvas-sized frame on the wall with all the pocket operators in and then I, I keep finding myself with this weird gear lust for those like curved wooden stands to put the volkers on and then go by all of the rest of the volker range um, Just i know complete. what you mean the do you think we're, we're going to see in, in in like 50 60 years time or maybe longer we'll see uh kind of you know the, the big auction houses you know uh, uh selling kind of complete sets of of weird uh, and wonderful uh electronic instruments that came as sets i wonder if that will you know no, I think what you'll I think what you'll probably find is lots of people like us, old men in retirement homes, trying to palm them off to buy stuff. To be fair, <laughs> buy, <laughs> buy food and medicine with well, us, that, with us, our collection of Volkers and boutiques. That's well, prob- it was worth something in the day. You know, be like that. I think that's probably a very good point. It's yeah, I, I think so. Um, let's not forget also. There's this guy, I think, as well, which is the SP404A. Which, uh, while it sounds <clears throat> fairly uh, trivial, it's a this was a really big store of uh, hip hop guys. You know, as an alternative sort of cheap MPC type thing. This is a jam. So this is the new 404A, which I'm just going to have to figure. I don't know what this is actually doing. I know, Gaz. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, haven't we? The uh, the concept of uh, mm. of the four hundred four, and it's it's the sort of place you know. Lot, there's there's quite a lot of guys uh, on YouTube doing sort of hip hop beats with those things, so they'll probably be happy with that coming out. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's there's very little new about it, though, is there? I mean, it's yeah. virtually the same as the existing model. It's just got the IRA color scheme. I think it's got a new set of um, samples that it comes with. Uh, I can't. I don't think there's anything new does, about does the one of them itself. Um, does one maybe. of them go get on the next ride? Yeah. Hold tight. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it gets you can get preloaded with preloaded with this fair carnival sound kind of sound set, yeah, which is where where I've been seeing them. You know, at, at, at Funfest, mm-hmm. I think we did an episode where I went to the fair and saw all of the people with the rides, and there were these sort of bored operators going, pressing buttons that sort of with hyper excited kind of voiceovers, so they didn't have to do it every time. They would. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that seems a bit of a, a, a kind of half-hearted effort to me is that they're kind of not claiming it's part of that that range of the R range but they're kind of implying now that you use it with the TR8 and it complements it etc and they've gone That's so different... right so again sorry yeah you are right so they've Someone gone they've gone com- they've gone completely you know kind of um with the rest of the range in a very specific kind of look and a very specific um you know kind of appearance and then this comes along and then they're going hey and we're designing this as a complement to the tr8 and uh, it's got new, uh, eric morello in the chat room uh the youtube chat room says i think there are new sync options which may well in fact be the case which might actually be oh that's yeah that's and i think it, there's an update isn't there for the tr8 which means that they work kind of hand in hand so you know i think if you are a tr8 user then this actually is a great way to expand the TR8 by sort of essentially bringing like a sampling capability into that workflow. I think that I think it would probably be really good if you've got a TR8, this new one, because it's uh, I think it's going to be pretty effortless the way that they that they sync and work together. I think that's one of the big the big things with it, really. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. Uh, actually, uh, maybe what we should do at this stage is uh, think about uh, what what. There's also obviously uh, this big. This is a kind of a big deal, isn't it? The uh, let's see if I can get this to actually show up now. This is uh, now my desk. Hold on. Uh, one second. I'll be there in a moment. Uh, the, the the obviously there's the new uh, the teas that came out at the same time, which was the uh, the mind the sausage, the mind sausage 101, which uh, I think is uh, is going to be an interesting concept in terms of. Uh, mm. Let's see. I'm just trying to get my desktop to to show up again. Ah, here we go. <laughs> if I bring this in, yeah, here we go. I think. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Oh, mine sausage. Yes, I'm just trying to bring up the picture of it actually because I know that there was uh, there is a picture, and I'm just trying to uh, get it to show up because Beringer kind of stole the thunder somewhat with this kind of rather candid photo of uh, of the uh, the mine sausage. As we said, I think I've got it. Yeah, which is give me two minutes and I'll do a drawing. Hang on, this one. There we go. So uh, (laughs) this the the concept of this being basically an actual sort of SH-101 form factor with the grip and everything, you know, that sounds like something that could be, uh, I mean, it's not there yet, as in fact we haven't seen the Model D actually in production yet, but I mean, it's quite a sort of spanner in the works. It feels a little bit uh, distasteful, but I mean, that would be kind of cool. Would you, now Ben, would you rather have one of those? Oops, sorry, Ben. Would you rather have one of those or would you rather have the Ira? Because I'm sure they will be uh, competitively priced, as we know. Um... I'm not sure, really. 
I'd have to really hear them up against each other. The small stuff, like Ty said, and they give you flavours of these things really well. I think if I wanted the 101 specifically, um, I don't find it as kind of lustful as a Model D or an Oberheim SEM in terms of tone. So I'm not sure. I just had this image of kind of Uli sat back like the classic image of Scarface, just trolling <laughs> Stroking everyone. Stroking a white cat. <laughs> Soon as someone else's news comes up, yeah, yeah, big cigar, just I'll show you. Hits the button, image comes out across the web. Um, I don't know, really. I'm not a big stuff. I mean, ties all those keyboards and, and the luxury of space and things. I have a few behind me. I have three keyboards in terms of space just behind me there. And they take a little bit of knocking off the stand, really. Um, I've tried to sell everything bar three keyboards, and that's all I'm willing to have in the room at the minute. Um, no, <laughs> to be honest, it's a bit of a Fair boring enough. answer, but I don't feel hmm. much for either of them. Fair enough. I think that's the a fair Yes, yeah, sorry. So, the, I mean, can we just officially call it the Mind Sausage, even if they choose not to go with that I name? think that's a good idea. From, yeah, we'll stick with and that. And everyone listening, can we just make that? Can we just sort of, like, because it's such a brilliant name, and I think, you know, a bit of silly. That, that's great. Well, there was something I wanted to say before, though, uh, regarding the boutique one, or rather it's a query, and um, I was very impressed with the System 1, uh, the uh, plug-out of the, the 101, in the system yeah, that one was quite in terms good. I did a comparison uh, with the hardware and it was pretty close. Yeah. That's right. Really close, yeah. Um, and I was just wondering, are they using the same code base or is this going to be different from that? I mean, obviously, it yeah, wasn't polyphonic. Uh, but, um, yeah, because I think it... I, I, yeah, it was really it's good. A, it's it, was a br- it is a brilliant piece of product design, isn't it? Basically, you sell the same thing over and over again, but just put different combinations <laughs> of the same code in different cases. <laughs> I wonder if that means that you could actually put another synth in one of these boutiques as well so you could have it be something else too that's a bit yeah interesting thought interesting thought um i think it's probably time for a word from our sponsors so uh we'll just uh, let you enjoy the uh isotope rx6 so this is the, the well it's not so new now but it's uh, the latest version of rx6 which is sort of the industry standard for audio repair and fixing it's got a load of really really useful tools rx6 are adding uh, d bleed for removing headphone spill things like that we've also got the ability to edit multiple tracks in the set at the same time getting rid of ground hum ground noise there's a vocal de-esser and a vocal de-breather which with modern production techniques is definitely something that's probably going to be very useful to you uh, breath control spectral de-esser also very useful deplosive plosive i say and a lot of really fantastic tools and there's two versions there's obviously the just regular rx6 which does the music uh, production stuff but then if you want to go really full you can get uh, advanced which gives you much more sort of the post-production type of things but rx6 is definitely worth watching uh, uh, worth checking out 10 day demo isotope.com forward slash rx6 and obviously we have a competition uh, this week we are asking if you will enter the competition uh, you what you need to do is be on twitter uh, you can win a copy of rx6 standard and you can use the hashtag the audio fixer that's one word hashtag the audio fixer and the hashtag rx6 and you mention at sonic state and at isotope inc in the same tweet so at sonic state and at isotope inc will definitely get you entered 
for the competition. We'll announce a winner next week. And we actually have uh, a winner from episode 500 as a chap called Mr. French 61. So uh, his Twitter handle is uh, Tim French 61. He, he tweeted the winning tweet for episode 500, which was a great episode. Thanks for everybody who's involved in that. And also to all of the kind guests. I know I haven't mentioned everybody who uh, got me my special clouds edition. I've got the box here, but the case is over there somewhere now. That was absolutely awesome. And I'm dropping everything. So, uh, Mr. French, if you want to get in touch, I'm dropping everything. Uh, please do. And you will then uh, be bestowed with a full copy of Isotope RX-6. So, absolutely awesome stuff. Right. So, um, what's next in our suite of topics? Oh, yeah. Hello. This is John from Zoom. And in this video, we're going to be introducing the Zoom LiveTrack L12. The L12 is the only digital mixer that lets you mix your live performance and record up to 12 discrete channels, all while providing five individual custom headphone mixes. This is actually quite exciting. Now you can mix, record, and monitor with a single piece of gear. With its 12 discrete channels, eight so you mono, get a digital audio desk, you also get three SD band recording, parametric EQ. 16 I'm not going to play the whole thing, but basically the gist of it is this is a kind of an audio face, audio interface with a built-in, uh, well, it's a digital audio mixer, which has got a, a audio interface, but it's also got an SD card slot, so you can record directly out of, uh, onto SD. I think it does 12 channels of uh, WAV files. Now, I know, I'm going to come to you first, Gaz, because we've been talking about kind of this solution for some time, and we've been sort of wondering why it hasn't happened do you think this is it because it's only it's about i think it costs about 500 quid if i'm right about 550 what do you reckon oh have we lost you okay let's go to uh caller number three <laughs> mr ty unwin Gazzy's looking really thoughtful about yeah this he was one. i thought he was he was i thought he was actually trying to think mm, maybe yeah mm. I was so tempted when they happened to sit here and go. No, please don't do that. That's my, um, that's my worst yeah, nightmare. No, oh, sorry. Uh, I think, do you know, I mean, obviously this, this isn't something, this isn't a kind of market for me, but I, I think genuinely this looks, this does actually look exciting because it's such a simple concept. And it's basically the concept of going back to our Tascam 4 track from the early 80s. It's a very kind of quite, basic mix although this is obviously more than a basic mixer but a, a, a mixer a bit of parametric eq except the difference was then it was four tracks and it was onto cassette but um it's exactly the same principle and uh, i don't think zoom get the credit that they oh they've innovated so much haven't they? they 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 have and i have to admit i don't have through the years i haven't actually bought that many zoom products but they are one of those companies that are always under the you know, kind of they're always there and they always bring out things that make you go, oh, why has no one thought of that before? I mean, their their field recorders are great. You know, I mean, back in the day, their effects units for the money were amazing. Do you remember all like all the 1202s? And yeah, like, well, they, they, they were a part of my live rack for a while because you get it was a tap. There was a one which had a tap tempo delay on the front absolutely. panel, which is really, you know, just simple things like that make it very usable. But they were they were the little things. They were one of those companies that always kind of pushed the boundary slightly and had the little things that made the difference. And so, I mean, this looks this does look really exciting. If I was kind of starting out and maybe did live stuff, or you don't even need to do live stuff to be fair. Let's be honest about this. Depending on what your music's like, if you don't, if you want to move away from you know kind of computers and laptops, and uh, this is a great 
great solution for that kind of money. I mean, if you actually just if you actually just sit down and narrow it down to the spec, 12 tracks of audio, so 12 track recorder, uh, 12 input mixer, you know, kind of eight mono and two stereo or whatever, an effects unit, compressor on every channel. Do you know what I mean? If you actually just break it down into basics, this is a bargain. Yeah, I think it absolutely could be. I'm hoping Gaz will come back because I know he's uh, he's a fan of this. I know, Ben, do you, I mean, because... <clears throat> Particularly for like modular users, you know, they always have the same stuff. You say those guys have got the Firewire mixers, the Mackie Firewire mixers, and they they kind of integrate it that way. With something like yeah. this, where you can record your live show and perform it, I mean, it's still a little bit on the large side, but perhaps not that big. I mean, do you think this is going to flow? It, I guess it depends on the quality of the effects, right? Um, possibly. I think amazing product. I was born away by this. Um, I'm friends with not enough space to say put a big digital desk in like a Personas or a lower end Midas desk or X32 or anything like that. And they're kind of umming and ahhing because a lot of the lower price mixers um, may just have a stereo USB out, you know, stereo send and return or to have all 12 tracks recordable, I think is pretty amazing. And I think for mod users as well, if because mixing in the modular environment is not quite there yet. Um, we've seen a lot of the kind of performance mixers, but there's not much in the way of effects. And depending on how you work, a lot of us are used to that in terms of the DAW and backgrounds in other work. Um, I think amazing, yeah. Just to be able to take 12 tracks and record to SD card or straight to computer, um, whichever way around, I think it's great. I don't mind that it's SD card. Someone in the chat popped up and said USB would better be better. I'm not too fast. I don't know that that'd be fast I- enough, actually, for 12 tracks. Yeah, so I mean, we used to higher end SD cards, I guess, pulling video data through. Their recorders are great. You know, H4 up are the ones I've used. They've been fantastic. As Ty said, their effects, um, even their really cheap plasticky double pedal guitar effects back in the day, getting into playing guitar, that was great for the money. And they made some really kind of well built, solid tank like metal pedals at one point as well. I think I've still got one off somewhere great other than it looks great it sounds yeah. eq on the portable recorders when i've played around sounds good um i tend not to want eq on a little handheld recorder but i have played around just for the sake of playing and they sound good well they're i think very it's really uti- welcome I can't. they are they're very utilitarian because ultimately uh, i'm going to try this shot because it's it's kind of fun um they're very utilitarian in many ways because i mean we use the h4 n for a really long time just to mix four inputs live into our camera we could have a low cut we can have yeah. compressor we didn't often record but we would do that i guess i know you know this is something that's very close to your heart you know you that the idea of this yeah what do you think do you think they've nailed it amazing yeah virtually virtually nailed it it's virtually perfect i i was blown away by this actually i think it's a great shame there's no midi or uh synchronization options in there i think that's that's the great shame but yeah uh i think other than that i think it's absolutely brilliant i think the five headphones with individual mixes is fantastic and the way that works is um you've got five separate outputs on there each one of those outputs can feed a different set of headphones they can either listen to the main mix or they can have a bespoke mix and it means that the faders come up and uh, the uh the led um the led meters become sort of uh indicators to show where those kind of uh, faders are currently set to and it's um so you could just you know call up yeah, different yeah, musicians yeah. mixes get bespoke headphone mixes i mean 
pretty basic headphone mixes. Uh, you can't adjust the panning or the effect. You don't get effects in the headphone mixes, uh, but it's just uh, levels. Uh, I think what they've managed to do here is just get all of the essentials. Uh, I mean, it's a brilliant. I mean, you know, if you're looking for an audio interface, you've got to get yeah, this. Yeah, that's sort of right. I mean, if the mic amp, I mean. The mic amps, yeah. Stuff like, you know, I could run the whole show off one of those easily and I could be recording mm. everybody individually. I mean, there's, it's yeah. that Swiss Army concept. You know, it's like I take it to rehearsal. Mm. I think the only downside oh, is it, I think it's brilliant. only it's got 12 uh, preset locations, which is a bit on the low side for something this flexible. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at it, I mean, you've only got a single effect send, uh, um, you know, the one effects. Uh, I mean, there's compression and EQ on every channel. Uh, but only the, then the, there's just the one send. Um, people are kind of going, oh, it's a real shame there's no auxiliary sends. But I, uh, I've, I've had a good read of the manual now, and I think you could actually use the um, the mix A, which is separate from the main mix, as a stereo sort of send. You'd have to use up a pair of uh, a stereo, one of the stereo channels as a return. But, um, ah, wow. I mean, this is great. I mean, it's small, it's lightweight. Zoom stuff is kind of pretty indestructible. I mean, they're kind yeah, of built it's good. like, not like toys, but sort of, you know, they're sort of... Um, they do, do design would, well. I think so. I, again, what are the pre's like or what are the converters like? If they get that right, because, I mean, they've been doing their sort of high-end Thunderbolty sort of uh, range now. So will this see some of the benefits of that i mean the the older models the r16 and i think the r24 is it uh that uh i don't know if they're still concurrent with this or not slightly not sure products, yeah. but um they were quite good you know they were pretty good but you know it's just the preamps just not quite there but this, they might be new ones know, on that. I don't know what. Um, I'm let's, hoping, let's see what I the features I read, say. I think I read. I think I read that they are. So this thing could be a real winner. Oh look, there we I go. Really, really. That's what it, it looks, looks like on the front panel. Uh, so yeah, three. Let's have a look. So uh, channel strip, uh, plenty of inputs. High Z. It doesn't say anything specifically about them, but uh, you know, I guess that's just one of those things. I don't know. Uh, okay, it's but funny. I mean. Sorry, Gaz, yeah. I was just going to say, it's funny seeing the little the little display there is very similar to the H2N. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the same font. And the H4, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, in terms of the actual recording facility, it's it's very, very simple. Uh, you know, Go, if yeah. the overdub button, if the overdub button isn't lit and you press record, it creates a brand new project without, as far as I'm aware, without you having to set up a new project. I might be wrong about that. But um, but then when you press the overdub button, it basically, uh, it it's more of a replace button. Any channels okay. that are Well, that's all right. I mean, that's a traditional start. I think the other thing that's uh, going to be interesting about it is, I, and I'm not sure if this is possible, whether you can play back a session. So, you know, you could be in that sort of virtual sound check kind of scenario, which is going to be useful. I mean, on a small format desk, it's probably of limited use, but it's still something that could be useful for tuning up a system or whatever. I mean, I guess that's the thing. If it had slightly more output, then you could, 
you could run monitor mixes and you know actual stage wedges or all that kind of stuff too. So I was I was trying to work this out. I was trying to work out if there was any way that you could change how hot the outputs of those headphone outputs are, because they refer to them as uh, monitor outputs that can be used for headphones. But um, right, okay. So that's, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's. So, sorry, who was that? Was that Ben? Sorry, yeah, I was wondering that in terms of the effects sense. I thought if you only need three headphone outs, could you treat mm -hmm. headphone out four and five as two mono sends and bring them back in on a channel if you've got one spare? Or It's always um, possible. I mean, you could dim it down yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it's not inconceivable. Yeah, nice work though, Zoom, I have to say. Um, I'm just going to interrupt the broadcast just to bring you the uh, uh, news of our... I found this the other day, and this is our new Wave Junction Max for Live synth. I haven't uh, mentioned it for a while, and I found this demo, which I, I actually really quite like. So Max for Live synth, this is Wave Junction. It's available uh, for as Max for Live device. Uh, two oscillators with wave shaping. Uh, we've got three multi-mode filters five envelopes, five LFOs, 12 slot modulation matrix. And it really does sound pretty good in my humble opinion. Uh, and we're offering this a special 10% uh, discount code. If, if you go to uh, bit.ly slash wavejunction, which takes you to the store page, you can get a 10% discount code with the code WJTALK17. So if you want to save 10% on what is already a ridiculously low cost item, you can do so by going to bit.ly slash wavejunction WJ Talk 17 will get you there. I'll just let it play out so you can enjoy the sonic fullness. There we go. That's all our plugs done for today. Uh, let's see what's next in the topic list. Um, we can we can do a few things here. And um, what 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 does anybody want to do? Does anybody want to do the uh, Wolfgang Palm or the Alive in VR? What's the choice here? Uh, I guess um, that's that's what it comes down to. Who who was it? Palm or Palm or the Alive in VR, the VR interface? Oh, Palm. Okay, let's see. I think I've got that here. So this is the. Uh, it was teased before. And it's a, another. Uh, killer app from Wolfgang Palm which is called I think it's called Infinity if I'm oh my god Infinite I'm, Infinite sorry Wolfgang yeah and it's an iOS device only which is interesting uh, at the moment I guess there may be a VST available and it's it's sort of more variants on their wave shaping but they've done some really fancy kind of stuff with the XY pads and making it much more kind of touch friendly I suppose and we know a lot I mean I know Gaz you've heard of a lot of his stuff and you know his previous apps were really uh, you know they, they they really have pushed the boundaries mm. of what's been available on the iOS platform is this something that you will be uh, oh, picking up oh yeah definitely although I feel a bit guilty that I've hardly scratched the surface on the previous ones I thought the wave mapper was really interesting uh, because that one uh, you had the different components that you could move across a field of um, kind of, uh, well, like uh, wavetables and really, really interesting idea. And I was always super impressed by how good it sounded and also lots of depth to it as well. Um, and prior to that, there was the, what was the one before that? The wave mapper. Um, 
Oh, oh, I can't I'm remember now. Looking. I can't remember the wave, either. The first one. The first one. Um, it was just wave, the wave mapper. Maybe. Um, but the wave mapper was the one that I really have enjoyed so far. Um, and this one is quite interesting. I can see lots of kind of graphical and user interface things, which have which are similar. Uh, they're not the prettiest interfaces, are they? I have to say. No, uh, I guess they not. are quite utilitarian um, and a little bit bewildering at first as well. However, the sound quality is brilliant off them. Uh, I, I'm basing this on the other two. Uh, so, um, oh, is it Wave Shaper? Is it? Is that that was the old one? Uh, what's uh, this one? one? This is this is uh, Infinite, PPG Infinite. Oh, the Infinite. The no, Infinite. I mean yeah. in the first one. It's way back. Ah, okay. Oh, anyway, it's a, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, Wolfgang Palm is, is such a legend, really, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I've I mean, got a brilliant he, photo of him here, actually. This is, hey. he just is an absolutely archetypal German <laughs> boffin. It's a brilliant yeah. picture, oh, isn't it? He just kind of looks the part. It's he's awesome, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't so know. Yeah. Ty, well, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, PPG stuff, that, that has a resonance with people of a certain age, doesn't it? Because it was the kind of super synth or one of the super synths of a certain era. I mean, does it still have the same kind of... I don't know whether, you know, iOS synths fit into your workflow so much because it's kind of fiddly to get the audio in and all that. Do you know, I, I, fall, I fall under the trap of... Fall into the trap. In the, into? Under? I have no idea. Uh, whatever the trap is, I'm there. And uh, of buying them all and then playing them, going, wow, this sounds great, and then very rarely using them. Um, and I've got all of the all of the um, Wolfgang Palm stuff, and uh, they, they, they do sound great. Although, you know, I'm, I'm slightly... This one I'm not so keen on. From a sound point of view, so I bought it when it when it came out, and um, I've been so busy. I've only been and had you know had time to have a quick play with it. I think the interface. Uh, I I know what you mean about it being utilitarian, but it's a really good interface to use. But the way that it's set up is quite bewildering, and it, exactly as Gaz said, you're kind of thinking, "Hang on a second, I've got to get my head around this." But the way that it uses the iPad. Uh, you know, the touchscreen is is really good. I mean, this is one of the good uses of an iPad, you know, um, having that kind of moving and zooming in and, uh, you know, very, very tactile on a touchscreen surface. And this is a great interface. It may not look the best, but it's a but great in interface. In terms of use, user, that's interesting. In terms of usage. But, and the, this, is, this is the big but here. There's so much promise in there, but I've only I've only really messed the presets and then had a you know kind of a mess around. Honestly, it for me, it doesn't sound that great. It's just it's very easy to make whooshy, tinkly kind of sounds, but there's nothing about the sound of it when you're actually playing it that grabs me at all. There's a there's a quality to the sound which is it just sounds very oh, it's hard to explain but it's very artificial it's very kind of fake kind of sound oh, interesting yeah and but i really want to like it because i can see the potential and this could simply be a case of you need to get in there you need to do the program yourself you need to learn the way that this is working and go for it and you could be able to come up with some incredible sounds because all the promise is how, there but how are you monitoring how are you monitoring it 
How are you monitoring oh, in, it, Ty? How, how I've only I've only monitored in a pair of cans, you know, but not right. not Apple, you know, proper cans. And so it's <laughs> the, when I say the sound, the sound, it's not it's not in terms of the um, uh, conversion or whatever. It's literally just as a quality to the um, the sound of the synthesis, which is just not you know i'm <laughs> so, hoping it's there it's funny sinister goat sh- goatfish in the uh youtube chat room gets says Wush- whooshy and tinkly is the whole basis of my sound palette so it's obviously going to suit <laughs> obviously going to suit perfect. some people i know ben uh, uh oh, ben sorry wrong button um you know there you are you've got all your hardware there i mean are you kind of getting into the old ios thing because i mean a lot of people in the modular world are using ios things to control uh modular stuff as well i mean is it something that you've sort of embraced or are you still yet to find the, the niche for it yeah it's it, it's here the thing with these kind of apps for for me all this is subjective I, I take them away if i'm away anywhere or any kind of travel time where i'm not driving and i always tell myself there's some great stuff and i tell myself when i get home i'm gonna put this up and i'll either record it as a sample and pull it in the computer or hardware or something else and for some reason, I never do. And then I go out and I do the same thing again, playing around with, like I said, holiday, traveling, um, some amazing sounding things, and I just don't tend to integrate it. The only app that I've really got into is um, the Fugue machine, which um, runs four voices um, with different speeds. So you can see the sort of transport bars kind of crossing over each other. Some can play in reverse, some can loop. You can change speed and direction. So one kind of penciled in MIDI line easily becomes a more complex kind of form moving thing. Um, ah, and that through a little MIDI interface into hardware um, is very, it's an excellent app, really stunning app for creating melodic work. Um, voices are quite simple on the actual thing themselves, um, but you can change octaves and basic kind of tuning offsets, but getting that out across four MIDI channels, either into gear or into a DAW to edit the MIDI is really, really good. Um, that tends to be the only thing I ever integrate. Um, I'd like to see some more hardware that in- integrates some of this kind of technology. Yeah, well, that's all. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, at the moment, you're kind of still at eye connectivity to kind of bring it in digitally, aren't you? I mean, there are other ways, uh, but that's kind of. I, one I of tell the... you what, the way I'm working with it at the moment is my is blowing my mind, and that's using AUM. Oh, I'm not sure exactly how you say it. The mixer, and I'm using it connected to the Behringer XR18. And what that is is like a kind of, it's like a mixer that you can. It starts off with no channels and then you add channels and each channel you can choose whether it's a hardware input. So it's got 18 hardware inputs. I've got all my synths all running into it. Or it can be a an input directly from an app and then you can feed it through any, you can put any amount of inserts in. So you can insert some built-in things, EQs and compressions and that sort of thing. Or you can put it through uh, what are becoming increasingly good now, which is the uh, the uh, the iOS version of audio units. A lot more stuff is kind of coming out on that now. Uh, and the fact is you can build this bespoke mixing desk that sort of is combining hardware and software. It's beautiful ah, design. Okay, it's yeah, so I've got it up on the screen, yeah. gorgeous. 
you build up these things and then you can start to really it really starts to kind of create this really nice sort of um fusion of software and hardware and it's brilliant as well because you've got a global record button as well so you can just hit record and then it'll record all the channels so if you've got loads of stuff going on different sequences different bits and bobs you can make these really sophisticated uh you know sound palettes and i have to say it is absolutely brilliant and the more i'm playing with it nick i think we should do a feature on it actually because it, it is it's mind-blowing it is actually oh, yeah, it feels good. like that you know how like the technology like we've been we did sonic touch for a, a number of years and we were seeing a lot of promise but it was always that that problem of um integration bringing things together and you see because it can act as the master clock from ohm as well so um Intra- i wonder uh, if it could so i wonder if it, i wonder if the uh, zoom uh, live track would interface directly with ios because yeah. that would be pretty it would awesome as it well. would it would it's got a zoom has got a special switch on the back which puts it into a class compliant mode so you would do that uh and then you would then as i mentioned when you load up a, a, a new instance of ohm of course you can save any amounts of presets as you want but it's just this fact that you build your mixer from scratch rather than being bombarded with channels and all sorts of stuff you know if you want only just do like a really simple two channel thing you just create just what you need and it's a beautiful minimal and just the way that the touch interface works you know if you want to uh if you put an insert in and you want to take that insert out you just slide it off the line um Neat. similarly and then if you want to inject uh, eject it you slide it and then just eject it off the it's managed to get that beautiful multi-touch workflow in seriously it is absolutely brilliant um, it blows my mind how good it is i'm just can i put in that. a request can i put in a request <laughs> that you two do a feature on this especially with a Multi-channel in- interface, you see. The, t- the two together yeah. makes it makes it really yeah. good. So uh, DeRodin in the chat room, uh, YouTube chat room, asked, does that mean that he can bring his iOS apps out into separate hardware channels of the uh, XR18? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yes, it does. Yeah, it you, does. You all can, inputs and all can... outputs. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly you would that. need, uh, the XR18 would need to be configured to be a USB return, you know, rather than a, a, a hardware input. But yeah, that is, yeah, that is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I'm guessing it benefits from running on something like an iPad Pro or something a bit more beefy, right? Ah, uh, running it on my iPad Pro, to be fair. Uh, and the iPad Pro with that extra real estate as well makes that whole experience very, very cool indeed. Um, but, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it's just that minimal approach which i think is really really nice the fact that you build it as as you need it rather than as i say being having to yeah. navigate an enormously complicated can you, thing from, can you use you know, midi controllers with it as well to kind of then yeah integrate that yeah. oh wow yeah. okay this is starting to sound good ty, ty are it's you uh, are, are you uh, are you thinking hmm for your mobile setup maybe or is it which is going to be the live track or the <laughs> or, <laughs> no also a live track with a, with a live track with a iPad Pro. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That all sounds really useful. I mean, I use the iConnectivity uh, rig uh, when I'm getting stuff in, but that does sound sounds really interesting. Exactly like as Div Div Kid said, can you um yeah do something about that? Because that all looks right. good. Let's do it. <laughs> I I will uh, I'll commit to it now. Um, as to Yay! when I, I'll say it's on the list. 
Right. Okay. Well, I think we might be approaching sort of. Oops. No, that's the wrong button. I'm going to do this one. I can't get Ty in, but when he's got his new system, he could be in that bottom corner down there, so we can have a little fours up action. So oh. I think what we're going to do is say um, that's it for this week, and thank you ever so much for everybody for joining. Uh, we we did try and get through a bunch of stuff. I know there's more topics. Maybe we can save a couple of them for next week because as August generally is a little bit bereft of uh, of content because it's usually software updates and bundles, which we will cover actually. I think in uh, maybe next week. Um, that's it. Thank you very much for watching. I want to say also, don't forget. Um, if you want to enter the uh, the isotope competition, uh, all you have to do is you uh, tweet the hashtag the audio fixer and the hashtag RX6 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. to enter the competition to win a full copy of RX6 Standard. That's the hashtag the audio fixer, one word, and the hashtag RX6 to at Isotope and at Sonic State at Isotope Inc. Sorry, and at Sonic State. Uh, but that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much to all of our guests. Ty, thank you for joining us. Um, I hope now you can actually go and get another couple of hours Zeds, or are you straight back into it? No, honestly, I'm so shattered. I need to just go and get a couple of hours. You were alluding to some kind of tech hell, actually, before the show started. Is it something you care to share, or is it something that's just... I, it's just one of the... It's actually a problem with... Uh, because I, I think I told you, so I switched over to the Mirage system, and so the screens have all had to be in different places, and... I've I've spent so much wasting so much time trying to get screens at the right height, and I had the brainwave idea of um, scrapping all of the the computer screens and um, just buying one 43 inch computer monitor directly in front of me, but it has to go above the nuage uh, one, yeah. which meant that the the bottom of the screen was at eye level, and the top of the screen was at the ceiling. And for some reason, I thought this would be a good idea. Uh, no. <laughs> it was probably the worst thing I've ever done in my life. It was such a mistake. And then when I stripped it all back down again to meet a deadline, everything just decided it wasn't going to work. Ah, uh, I do feel was, for you. It was just one of those, really. So It's, it's funny. I, I think there's been a week of that because we've had exactly the same issues here. There's been issues with we've had like hard drives corrupting and had to recall kind of systems, restores and, and, and whole systems. And It's just been one of those weeks. And it happened across like three or four machines. It started with that kind of the uh, Microsoft Skype uh, only supporting 64-bit versions which i found a workaround so your machine is being kind of hacked effectively to bring you into the system uh by you know entering going into the package contents and changing a string in the plist info file you know so that it will support i mean it's just an absolute bloody nightmare and that's where it all started and then i set up this new video system which i think is going to work fine i i might have been a bit distracted because it's a whole new set of parameters to kind of think about but i've got it all in front of me so it feels i feel like it's worked and the video quality i think gaz's camera and also so uh, DivKid's camera definitely way better than we've had with Skype in the past. And, I don't I, know, and you get I just, a stereo return. Oh, yeah. Can I mention, my, I lost my, my internet's gone. My internet, system, my, my internet went down. Like, like yours did last week. This is coming really? off my iPhone. Uh, this is, um, at the moment, this is connected to my iPhone uh, with a personal hotspot. Bloody hell. So, that's really good. That's not, that's pretty good, isn't it? Do you get the, I had wow. a, I had a, I had a panic on, you know. It went, it went down. It just went. I don't know. Did you see it went off? It just went off. I was yeah, talking, you did. I you think, you, you and, went um, away. Wow. So that's yeah. Impressive. So the net, the net went down. Couldn't get it back on. Rebooted the boot, uh, the router. Thinking, oh no. Thought I'd give it a go, and uh, yeah, it's not too bad, is it? 
So you get the feeling, 4G. You get the feeling that someone out there doesn't want us this show to happen. I don't know. I wonder. <laughs> well, okay, that's that, that was me last week. Gaz this week. Um, maybe Ben, you can have a turn, uh, or uh, one I, uh, of our other guests. Certainly, <laughs> <laughs> something weird this week. I had two modules, digital modules, do something really weird. Um, I won't name names because I don't think it's anything wrong with them. Um, that I, the day after, I just couldn't replicate the problem at all. So I was kind of st- trying to stress test this stuff, trying to stress the power in the system, pull more than I probably should, seeing if it would do it again. Um, every single setting conceivable, and I just cannot get it to replicate. So I've had an odd going on with digital stuff. Yeah, it just it just goes like that sometimes. I, I always used to find that when there was a big change in humidity or temperature, uh, things would go wrong, and people go, "Oh no, no, things are supposed to operate." And it's like, no, I don't believe that because things just a little bit of a kind of creak in a PCB board and the seat it needs to be reseated. Yeah, also it does happen, and I don't care what anybody says. And I think the chat room, I don't know if the chat room agree with me or not. I haven't been giving them much love here, so I'm get, putting a bit of chat room on there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I want to say thank you, Ty, for joining us and, you know, spending some of your hard-earned sleep time talking to us. I was much appreciated, and I hope that everything kind of works out. Tomorrow yeah, is another day, or maybe in your case, it's still the same day. I don't know. It, it depends on how. Yeah, so uh, it's been great. Thank you. But it's a pleasure to have you on as ever. And also, uh, DivKid, Ben Wilson, do check out his videos. What you got coming up? What's next on your channel, Ben? Uh, Pamela's new workout from ALM, a eight-output module that can do gates, uh, LFOs, random, uh, really nice musical things. You can offset the phase of everything. You can delay things. So creating you know, a flam between a clap and a snare, having slightly different micro swing on things, Great for really kind of humanised both modulation and rhythms. Um, I, so, yeah, yeah, that'll be the next That's video. good. I've seen pa- Pamela's workout feature quite heavily in uh, certainly a couple of the rigs that we did at uh, Cymru Beats in the, in June, I think. There were a couple of people who used that. Yes. And yeah, all I can think about it is uh, Pamela Anderson. I don't know if there's any association with it at all, whether it, that's where it, the name Yeah, came. there's a little kind of cartoon graphic of um, – it's only really basic outline, but almost Pamela with a um, – furry legging kind of stuff on, <laughs> like an Eric Prince video. Um, well, then, little outline drawing that comes on the packaging. Actually, is it? Oh, no, it's not. You only get the font. They come in tubes rather than boxes. There's no drawing on it, unfortunately. Oh, um, that's a shame. But, yeah. Oh, well, I was, I was sort of right then. Nope, that's it. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Ben, yeah, for joining us. <laughs> but we'll look forward to that on your channel. Yeah. That's... Uh, DivKid video on YouTube. If you search that up, uh, then that's where it'll all be. And also, Mr. Gaz Williams, thank you for struggling through your own technical difficulties. And I'm I'm very impressed that it's working on your uh, iPhone connection. That is absolutely awesome. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, so can I say what I'm doing? No? Yeah, go on. What are you up to? Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm playing at Green Man Festival this weekend, if anyone's going. It's a great festival that happens in Wales. Uh, I think it's his 15th anniversary this year. Um, Lovely festival. Really, really nice. Um, Playing with Asteroid Deluxe. Going to play The Lawn, which is our album, which I always go on about. But we're also going to do our... We're going to workshop our next album, which is called The Moons of Jupiter. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this one before, but um, it's for four band members. And each band member has been given a moon 
they've uh, uh, the, these are the Galilean moons. I think there's a lot more smaller moons, but um, the four moons that were I think these were the first celestial bodies other than the planets that were discovered. I think um, back in the days of Galileo, um, using a device called a uh, what's it now uh, a celatone, which is like a weird. Uh, a weird like telescope attaches to your head. So we've called our record label. We've we've called our record label Celatone. We've got, we've got a new label. We've just been setting up. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna actually workshop the moons of Jupiter, and it's gonna be quite good fun. So the four band members have each been given the moon. I'm Callisto. Bang is uh, Ganymede. Uh, Andy is Europa, and James is Io. And what we're doing wow. is we're looking at the moons, and we've worked out various things to do with the moons themselves to do with um like <laughs> in james's case io has got this really inhos- inhospitable atmosphere with lots of earthquakes and sort of um volcanoes and and, and i think it's sulfuric atmosphere it's apparently the smelliest place in the entire solar system so when so we gave him that moon it's like yeah, on a mini thanks moon. for that <laughs> yeah wow that that um, sounds very very concept gaz that sounds like it's gonna be a yeah, lot of fun so we're gonna we're gonna well we, this is gonna be our next big project but we're gonna workshop it at green man where we're basically we we've just skeletal ideas and we're going to just try that out live just to sort of get a little flavor for it before we sort of dive headlong into that we're gonna make it on um picture discs and getting pictures hubble of each hubble images of each of the moon's picture discs so each oh, one nice. is a moon so it's going to be, yeah, quite a big, big project for us. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Gaz, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to everybody else. And once again, thank you to Isotope for uh, providing the prize of this week's competition. Don't forget, check out RX6, isotope.com forward slash RX6. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. I'm just going to play out with our uh, little endy bit and hopefully it'll all work.